Thank God for bringing us through 2020. Can someone say praise the Lord? God brought us through 2020. And we're grateful for all of his goodness and grace to us. Next Sunday, we begin a 21-day fast. Uh, we're calling it Fasting for the Shift, Fasting for the Lift. And I encourage you to join with us uh, in that. Uh, there are three different kinds of fast uh, that, that you could participate in. An absolute fast is water and juices only for the time selected that you and the Holy Spirit come to the conclusion of. Uh, another fast is a what is called a, uh, a partial fast where you have a meal or two a day instead of two or three meals a day, maybe just one meal a day, uh, where you give up during that time. You may have some limitations because of health reasons or whatever. And then there's a third fast called the Daniel fast found in the scripture that has to do with just uh, having fruit and vegetables and water. But more than anything, we, we're believing God for something significant to take place in our families, in our church, in our community. And I believe that there are mountains that God is going to move during this season, but some mountains are not moved except through fasting and prayer. Those are the words of Jesus. And so we invite you to join with us. It's going to begin next Sunday, uh, the 10th, and going to run through Saturday the, the 30th. And I believe the Lord will, uh, will bless you for it. The final thing I'll share, and there's other announcements in the bulletin, but Wednesday night I plan on beginning a, a study on the life of Joseph. Uh, in our midweek connect at seven o'clock and uh, so uh, we'd love to have you come out and be a part of that at seven o'clock on Wednesday we hope you had a great Christmas we hope you had a wonderful new year thank you for your faithfulness uh, in your giving and we have again because of circumstances posted our asked our ushers to post up as you exit but thank you for your faithfulness and tithe and offering um, uh, before I go to the scripture I'll share this with you it was on March 18th last year when, when we had been in the building for just a few weeks. And on March 18th on a Thursday, I believe it was a third, maybe a Tuesday, but I, re I received, the building inspector came by and gave me my hour permanent certificate of occupancy. And we rejoiced over that. We had cleared all the barriers and gotten the checks, the boxes had been checked. And then three days later, the government shut us down because of COVID. Can you believe that? The irony of that, huh? And when you're in a new building, obviously you have a mortgage payment that goes with it. But can I tell you today, can I testify to you today? Because of God's favor and your faithfulness, we haven't missed a beat as it relates to the financial blessings that God has placed upon this church. Somebody ought to give the Lord praise. God has been faithful to his people. You ready for the word of God this morning? Go with me in your Bible to Ezekiel chapter 37, if you would. Thank you, Tony, and praise team and band. Did you enjoy them this morning? Did they lead us into the throne room? Would you let them know how much you appreciate them? It was great to have Austin on the drums. That guy's talented. He's one of them cats that's going to have to sit down when I get to heaven because I'm going to play and he's going to watch. Guy can play the guitar. He can play the drums. And we're glad to have him. Ezekiel chapter 37. If you're there, say amen. Beginning at verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about. And behold, <clears throat> there were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? And I answered, O Lord God, thou knowest. Again he said unto me, Prophesy upon these bones, 
say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you, and you shall live. And I will lay sinews upon you, and will bring up flesh upon you, and cover you with skin, and put breath in you, and you shall live. And you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise, and behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them, and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he, God, unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, Thus saith the Lord God, Come from the four winds, O breath, breathe upon these slain, that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me, and the breath came into them, and they lived, and stood up upon their feet, an exceeding great army. Would you stretch your hand this direction and pray God's anointing and blessing upon his word and upon his servant today. Father, we come before you ever keenly aware that we need, we must have the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Lord, today as we share the word, may it quicken us, may it come alive within our spirit and within our heart. God, I believe this word is for this hour, for this church and this community, for every soul here. I pray, Lord, that you would just anoint and bring forth your word and it would be fruitful and produce that which you intend for it to produce. Bless our Pastor Lindell and Hilda as they minister to our children today. May the presence of the Word and the anointing of the Holy Spirit be upon them as they share in, in ministry there. We give all glory and honor and praise to you for all of your blessings. In Jesus' name. And the church said... I want to continue talking about the shift and the lift today. Last week we talked about the shift leading to the lift. Today I want to talk about committing to the shift means committing to the lift. Or I could say anticipating the lift means I'm committing to the shift. There is a shift that is taking place. Amidst all the negativity that is out there, God is at work. God is doing supernatural things. There's a shaking, a pressing. There's a moving that's taking place. And when that happens, we can't see it in the natural. But that doesn't mean it's not happening. Something happening in the spiritual we have to believe as people of faith that there is a move of God that's in the spiritual that's in the heavenly that at any moment God by his divine providence will choose to manifest in the physical in the practical in reality in the in the world in which we live in every single instance that we stated from the Bible last week. We talked about the people of God three different times where there was a season of discomfort 
and, and restlessness and, and even pain that the Jewish people, God's people, found themselves in. But it all was happening right before God blessed them to take off, to go to a, a new level in their relationship with him. They thought they were done in. And then something radical took place. I, I shared last week a, a word that I want to share again today that came directly from God to his church. And I was in that service and it would so impacted me that I wrote it down. God has said, I am bringing a shift to my church. This shift will lift my church to a new place and a new level. It will open the door to a great harvest that has only been seen in your heart. You will soon see it with your eyes. Prepare the people for the harvest that I am sending, for it is soon to come. Then you will know that I, the Lord, have spoken and done it, declares the Lord. I say, Lord, fulfill your word. In 2021, we can relate to what some of the Jewish people were going through. In 2020, we can feel some of their pain. When they were in Egypt, and they were afflicted right before God brought about a supernatural deliverance. When they were in the wilderness and wandering around and wondering where water was going to come from and wondering where the next meal was going to come from, it all was, was taking place right before God sent them to conquer the promised land. Right before they were about to be, they were about to be taken down by the Philistines and overtaken. But God was at work in the spiritual, in the, in the supernatural until he revealed a young shepherd boy by the name of David who would not only become their champion, but would eventually become the king. And, and to this day in the nation of Israel, if you ask him who their greatest king is, they will say King David because of the great deliverance that he brought. It didn't look like things were going to be happening, but God was always at work. We mentioned as a passing reference last week about the dead cemetery where there lay nothing but dry and brittle bones. And yet that is where God took the prophet Ezekiel to prepare he and the people for the great revival that was coming to the nation of Israel. And that's where the Spirit of God is taking us this morning to teach us about being committed to the shift as much as we are to the lift. You see, very much like spoiled children, we are thrilled, believers are, children of God are. We are thrilled with the lifts of ministry. We love prosperity and we love revival and we love victory and we love abundant living and we rejoice when there is answered prayer. And the list is long of those who are wanting to sign up for the lifts of the church as it relates to the Christian walk. But I want you to know today that you will never enjoy the spoils and victory of war near as much as if you are never committed to the conflict that leads to the victory. You have to be just as committed during the shift as you are during the lift. You have to be committed during the times of struggle and the times of warfare and the times of, of transition. And if you are just as committed during that uncomfortable place, during that painful place and that dry place and that barren place, you will so much more enjoy the place of the lift. It will be more fulfilling and, and more rewarding. 
We look at the Word of God, and there's some very practical lessons uh, from this uh, narrative this morning from the Valley of Dry Bones that I believe God wants me to share with you uh, today. The first thing I want to tell you as we read from this scripture in Ezekiel 37, first thing I want you to know is that you are in the place God ordained you to be. Accept it. You are in the place God ordained you to be for this hour, and you've got to embrace it. You've got to accept it. We read in verse 1, it says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley, which was full of bones. Now, I have to be honest with you this morning. If I'm a prophet of God and I'm being called to a cemetery, a cemetery is not going to be my first choice. If I'm being called to a, a massive group of people, it's going to be an arena. It's going to be a stained glass cathedral. It's going to be a camp meeting. It's going to be a coliseum. I'll sign up for all of that, but, but not a cemetery. No one here in their right mind would say, Lord, I want to volunteer to go to a cemetery that is guaranteed to be full of dead men's bones. At the very best of seasons, like Christmas, the cemeteries are, are all dressed up and, and manicured, and sometimes they're quite majestic uh, to behold. But to do ministry there, come on. Can there be any possi possibility of ministry? In fact, it's worse than a cemetery in Ezekiel chapter 37 because there was no pretty flowers. There was no granite headstones. There was no beautiful landscape. And, and the question could be asked, what can happen here? But let's not forget today that it was God's hand that set him there. And it was God's spirit that carried him there. It was God's God in his providence that placed him where he was. And I want to tell you something today. There are times, yes, that God whispers to us that it is time to move, that it is time to transition. And there are times that God opens up doors of opportunity that he wants us to walk through and he wants us to be obedient. But I'm telling you, there are also times where God just wants us to stay put, whether it be at church or whether it be on the job or whether it be in that ministry that seems to be struggling, we have to ask the question, could it be that your calling is to stay and not to go? The reality was, was that that valley was full of dry bones. But a greater reality than that was that God placed Ezekiel right smack dab in the middle of the dry bones. Y'all out there this morning? The reality, I'll say that again, the valley was full of dry bones. But there's a greater reality that's present here. And the greater reality is that God placed him there. Do not miss the greater reality. If you've had any length of time under your belt at all, you look back over your ministry. I've looked back over my calling. And I can honestly stand here and say to you that there have been God moments that I felt like the Lord was directing. And yet there have also been those moments that I was restless and I forced open a door that God hadn't ordained. And I 
lived with regret as a result of that decision. Too many children of God allow atmosphere to dictate their planning instead of God's spirit. That's good preaching right there, preacher. I'm telling you, we let the climate around us dictate to us what we should do, and we never call upon the name of the Lord. Sometimes, too many times, difficult times, cause us to direct our planning instead of God's perfect will. Hey, there's still such a thing as calling upon the name of the Lord and saying, I'm not going to move unless I know it is your spirit directing me. I said this not too long ago. Remember when the grass is greener on the other side, there may be a septic tank close by. The spirit that led you there may very well be the spirit keeping you there. Which leads me to my second point. And my second point is not only must you embrace and accept the place that God has for you, but you must also embrace that God has a plan for your situation. God has a plan for every single one of us here. We're not wandering aimlessly about. Not if we're trusting God. Not if we're walking by faith. Not if we're seeking the Lord. Oh no, he tells us in one of the most well-known scriptures that there is in all the word of God. Jeremiah 29, 11. But I know the plans that I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you plans to give you a hope and to give you a future God called Ezekiel to be a prophet God called Ezekiel to the place of dry bones if you look at verses 2 and 3 of chapter 37 it says he caused me to pass among them round about and behold there were very many on the surface of the valley and lo they were very very dry Dry. He said to me, son of man, can these bones live? And Ezekiel's looking, and he's all he says is, is, is a bone here and a bone there, thousands of thousands of bones, and he's right in the middle of it. And he says, there, I mean, everywhere, there's no color anywhere. Nothing but bones, nothing but decaying bones that are there. And he's right in the middle of it. And so I'm not surprised when the Lord said to him, Son of man, can these bones live? Ezekiel just looked back and said, Lord, I don't know, but you know. You're the one that really knows if they can live. And I'm telling you right now, your situation looks bleak. Your valley looks unfruitful. You might feel like today that you're in a cemetery that is just full of dead men's bones. But in reality, this is an encouragement that wherever you find yourself, you must remember God can turn a cemetery into a field or a mighty army. God can cause the wilderness to blossom as a rose. God can cause streams to run through the desert, turning it into a refreshing place I'm preaching today God is causing a shift God is bringing about a lift and I don't know about you but I don't want to miss out on the lift God is bringing to his people well praise the Lord could it be instead of faith for a new door a new move a new opportunity you simply need faith right here and right now He's an on-time God for your now situation. 
You see, <laughs> this is going to be bitter. But God is not looking near as much to deliver you from something as he is looking to develop you in something. <laughs> we don't like to hear that. We want God to do for us more than we want God to do in us. And sometimes he doesn't take you out of something because he's trying to do something inside of you. <laughs> and I've come to the conclusion, just as much as I said earlier, when I made the statement that the greatest miracle of healing is when God takes us to heaven more than when he heals us here. Obviously, we want healing here because this is all we've known. But I'm telling you, once you arrive there, you ain't going to want to come back here. Then you'll realize that you're wrong all the time. The greater healing is over there. But just as much as I believe that, I also believe this, and I've had to grow to believe this, that the greater miracle that takes place in your life is not what he does for you, but what he is doing inside of you. The shift is happening. The lift is coming. This 21-day period, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a, I, I'm, I, I try not to get caught up in fads. But I really, really felt of the Lord for several months leading into this period of time. From January 10th to January 30th, when God's people are fasting and praying, it's going to loosen some things up and it's going to bring some things down. I'm telling you, it's going to bind some things up and it's going to drop some things down. It is coming. But this morning, God is checking your ability. Your ability to wait for it and work for it and pray for it and worship for it and praise for it and believe for it. And it will take the Pulaski, the people of Pulaski Church of God that will stick it out when it gets tough. Fasting is not fun. I've never had a day when I was fasting that I said, Yay! I get to go without food today. And for the life of me, why God called it a fast when it's the slowest period of your life, I don't know. It should have been called a slow, maybe. That's just my opinion. We're going to start a slow next Sunday. <laughs> But it's going to take stickability. It's going to take determination. It's going to take an understanding that we're in the place God ordained us to be. It's going to take an understanding that God has a plan for our situation. And then the third thing is, is to follow is you must commit to the process that God lays out for you. You must commit to the process. God has a process. God has a process. I may have shared this with you before. I, I was listening to Pastor Livingston, who's pastored the Charlotte Church of God, Central Church of God, for, I guess, near 40 years now. And he told his church the other day, he said, I'm, I'm going to share something with you. And some of you are going to say, well, I've heard that before. And he looked at him and he said, but there's been new people since the last time I shared it. 
So I'm going to share this today, and you may have heard this before, but there's new people here that haven't heard it, so just disregard if you want. My wife, who is not here with me because they're doing everything that they're supposed to be doing, they're watching online. Her and my mother-in-law and my son are all at home. But she is not a fan of the word process. There was a challenging season in our ministry where a very influential leader kept saying, trust the process. And I guess that we'd heard that a few times, and I kept, he'd say it to me, and I'd say it to Sandra. One day she looked at me, she said, I'm sick of hearing about the word process. And on the day she said it to me, we were scheduled to go to a revival service. That was about an hour away. We had never been to the church before. Well-known evangelist was there. We, were gonna, we had already determined we were going to go to service. We got in our car. We got dressed, got in our car. We went to church. We pulled up about 15 minutes before service started. And we just happened to look up, and the name of the street was called Process Way. God has a great sense of humor. Now, Sandra, you're home fixing me some lasagna. Do not put anything in my lasagna. Do not put anything in my salad. I love you, honey. You have to trust the process. Verse 4, again, he said unto me, prophesy over these bones. In verse 7, so I prophesied as I was commanded. In verse 9, he said, prophesy to the breath. Verse 10, so I prophesied as I was commanded. I'm telling you, go through the process. If you're going to take the journey, stay the course. If you will stay the course over this 21-day period, I'm telling you by the Spirit of God that there are significant things that you are going to untie God's hands in your life, in your personal life, in your marriage, in your family, on your job, in your ministry. I'm telling you, but you've got to stay with the process. Step by step. On good days, when you feel fruitful. On bad days, when you feel unproductive, you keep walking it out. You don't, you're not dictated by your environment. You live determined by your resolve and, and by your faith. You just keep doing it. How many of you know this? There's, there's some days you just get up and, and, the, and the most spiritual thing you can do is get out of the bed and put one foot in front of the other. Sometimes you try something and it doesn't work. You don't keep riding the crippled horse, but neither do you leave the race. You simply change horses. Whatever you do, you stay faithful. And I declare by the word of the Lord that faithfulness always leads to fruitfulness. That is the word of God. He's looking for people that he can find faithful to him. There was a miracle that was happening in the valley of dry bones. 
And I'm telling you, because he's God and he can do anything, it would have been very easy for God just to connect the bones and, and breathe into them and cause them to stand as a mighty army all in front of Ezekiel without Ezekiel having to do anything. But I'm telling you, he wanted Ezekiel to be part of the miracle. But to be part of the miracle, he had to work within the boundaries of God's process. My God, you have to stay committed to the process. God questioned his faith. God commanded him to prophesy to the bones. God commanded him to prophesy to the wind, the very breath of God. You don't understand it all. But you stay committed to the process. That's why it's called walk by faith and not by sight. You just have to stay the course. Stories told of a teacher that was always telling parables to her class. And quite often the students didn't understand the meaning behind the story. So one day a student decided to challenge the teacher. You tell us stories, but you don't explain the meaning. And the teacher said, I'm sorry. As a way of making it up to you, to the student, she said, let me invite you to have a ripe peach to eat. Well, thank you, teacher, said the student in front of the class. And to make it special, the teacher said, I will peel it for you. May I do that? Thank you, said the student, really feeling his oats at this point. She said, I, I have a knife here close by. I'd be happy to cut the peach in small pieces so it would be easier for you to eat. The student said, oh, I would love that, but I wouldn't want to take advantage of your generosity. And the teacher said, oh, oh, no, I'm the one offering. You're not taking advantage. I only want to please you. In fact, the teacher said, why don't you just allow me to chew it before I give it to you? Oh, no, teacher, the boy objected. I wouldn't want you to do that. teacher paused and then she said if I explain the meaning of each story to you it would be like giving you fruit that's already been chewed today if God allowed us to understand that everything that happens where we are it would be like eating fruit that's already been chewed if he showed you everything he had planned for you you couldn't handle it. So don't despair. If you don't understand everything, just eat, keep eating God's fruit. God is faithful. Keep believing for the bones, though you don't hear them cracking. Keep believing for the wind, though you cannot hear or feel it blowing. Keep believing. Keep believing. Keep believing. God turns graves into gardens. God turns boneyards into mighty armies. He still redeems situations right where you are. I'm committed to the shift. Therefore, I'm going to be 
able to experience the lift. Oh, I feel like the Holy Spirit is speaking to some hearts. He said, I don't know if all that fasting and praying stuff is necessary. Don't knock it till you try it. Great miracles that'll keep you wide-eyed with your mouth open can take place when God's people fast and pray. Can you think of that one? What is that one thing? What is the most desperate thing you need God to do right now? What is the, what is the one thing? And if you're desperate for God to do it, then there's a very good possibility that you see the circumstances around it that seem impossible. And that's where God thrives to bring glory to his name. Come on now, somebody help me here this morning. What is it? God says, somebody, somebody's making up their mind right now. You said, man, I wasn't going to give this, this fast and stuff. I, I ain't never believed him. Man, you done piqued my interest. That's not me, friend. That's the Holy Spirit. fourth and final thing is that again the lift will arise from the midst of the shift oh, if you would. verse 7 and 8 listen to what he said as I prophesied there was a noise <laughs> Woo, Lord No amens to begin with. <laughs> then there was a rattling. And then the bones came together. Bone attaching to its proper bone. <laughs> and then sinews were on them. And then flesh grew and covered them this is messing some of y'all up if he wasn't so frozen by the experience he'd have probably run the other direction I know I would have they stand there as a mighty army then he looks at the prophet and he says I want you to prophesy to the wind <laughs> so he began to prophesy to the wind God's breath filled up every one of those corpses that were standing upright <laughs> and they came to life and stood on their feet an exceedingly great I believe God has a work for the Pulaski Church of God that we have never seen or dreamed. I'm convinced of it. In the last four to six years, God has brought this church through. January has, in many of our memories, has been marked by some sorrow and some pain and some loss and some difficulty. But I'm telling you, God hasn't written the final chapter yet. 
And eye has not seen, neither has ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. Well, we need this one, preacher. We need this talent. We need this personality. God needs to send them in. I'm telling you, what we need is in the house today. And what we need tomorrow, God will send tomorrow. Get that in your spirit. God will turn your graveyard into a garden today. What is it? That one miracle. Is it the saving of a son? There's a mother that's part of our church that is watching her daughter die of alcoholic addiction week after week after week. And I dare say if I handed her the microphone, she would say, the greatest miracle I need to see in 2021 is before the Lord calls her out into eternity is for my alcoholic addicted daughter to be delivered from that that has enslaved her for so long. What is it? What is the most desperate thing that you need from God? How much are you willing to pay to receive it? Graves into gardens. Woo. <laughs> Over 27 years of ministry, I've watched spouses that were so steeped in sin. And I thought, Man, I'm telling you, they are bound up bad. Some of you sitting in this room were those spouses. You were those husbands. You were those wives. But you had a praying spouse that said, I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'll pray. I'll pray. I'll pray some more. I'll fast. I'll give up whatever I've got to give up. And one day, the Holy Ghost slapped you upside your stubborn head. And you knelt at an altar of prayer and you said, Jesus, I can't run anymore. I can't outrun you. You've overtaken me. I've just decided I'm going to surrender my life to you. And you know what? God turned that home from a graveyard into a garden. What is it? Do not stand out of a courtesy to anyone else. But whatever that one desperate situation is, whatever it is, you say, I'm committing to seeing this miracle take place. And I'll pay whatever price I need to pay to see God turn this graveyard into a garden. If that's you, as they start to sing, only if you have it in your mind, if, you, if everything's peaches and cream for you right now, stay seated. But if there's something that you desperately want God to do in your life, in your family, in your ministry, on your job, when they start to sing, I want you to be bold. I want you to stand up and I want you to throw both hands up to heaven. Say, God, this is the situation. I want you to articulate it for him. This is my graveyard that I need you to turn into a garden. Start it. Come on. Come on. Who's in the house?